Great to have you with us again today as we continue this summer teaching series that we've been calling Summer Refreshers. And so today our refresher takes us to explore the power of love. But, but not just any love, obviously, the power of God's love. And, and we have to understand that we can't completely understand the power of God's love unless we start at the very beginning. All right, so we, we go back to Genesis once again. Genesis 1, chapter 1. And there's four very powerful words there that God starts with. He says this, in the beginning, God. I mean, that could preach for 25 minutes itself easily. In the beginning, God. Meaning, God has always been here. Man has not always been here. Woman has not always been here. Mind, knowledge, things that man and woman have, have not always been here. In the beginning, God. He is the only one who has been around forever. And that God being, obviously, the triune God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you have God, and, and in the beginning it was just God, and he created. And he created everything. And he said it was good. Everything he created was good. And, and God was so loving, he created all these things, and what did he do? He gave it to man and woman, whom he created. He said, here you go. He said, I have this amazing gift for you. Everything. I, I love you so much. All this awesome stuff is yours. So you go ahead and you take care of it. It belongs to me, but, but you take care of it. And he said, enjoy it. And enjoy it they did. For how long, we don't know exactly. But, but they enjoyed it until they started to enjoy it a little bit too much. And, and then they were kind of deceived a little bit along the way. And, and they said, well, you know, you could be like God. And so what did they do? Chomp. They chomp that, that piece of fruit. And they sinned against God. And they were kicked out of Eden. It doesn't seem too loving. But what did God do? He provided them everything first, and he said, you can have it all, just not this one thing, and, and yet they still wanted it. But even after he, he kicked them out of Eden, what did he do? He gave them the ability to figure out how to make clothes to cover themselves. They were embarrassed. So the first thing they did is they, they covered themselves. And he said, go, the whole world is yours, except this little section, except this garden. And they said, oh, by the way, it's just going to come with sweat, pain, and hard work now. But God's love was still there. Continue on through Genesis, chapter after chapter, you continue to see people messing around and messing up, making mistakes, and, and, and God becoming a little bit more upset. They continued not to listen to him. They, they became violent and arrogant. So much so that eventually God found favor with Noah and, and his three sons and, and his wives. And they, they built this massive ark. They got on it and God destroyed the world with a flood. But God's love was still there. Fast forward a bit throughout scripture. What do you see? You see God's love stamped on his people. You ever heard of the Ten Commandments? That's God's love. 
given to his people. You need to study the Ten Commandments. They're all about love. Love for God and then love for your neighbor. So throughout all this, God continues to show his love. He knew that we could not do it. He knew that people fail. He knew that we would fail. So the ultimate gift of love comes in that gospel, right? We we finally get to those gospels, and here comes this gift of, of Jesus Christ. God becoming a baby. God humbling himself and coming down to this earth that, that, that has been filled with pain and struggle and suffering for so many thousands of years, but humbling himself to come down as a babe to grow up to walk on this earth for you and me. Love came down to love people. God is love. So God came down to love people. Love came down to suffer and die for you and me. And that love is still here today. And you know this. That's why you're here. It's it's in Jesus. And as I was sharing with the kids, there's so much power in this love. There's so much power in the love of God, the power in this love of Jesus. It's like these magnets. I, I keep coming back to it. When those opposite poles are are facing one another, they're just drawn in so quickly and so powerfully. Did you ever notice what happens when Jesus was around people? Wherever he went, what did you see? People were drawn into him. Consistently and constantly, people were drawn into Jesus Christ. And do you know why? Because he loved them. Almost everywhere he went, people followed. And it's because Jesus took the time to get to know them. He took the time to speak to them. He took the time to love them. And loved them he did. I want to invite you into our gospel reading again today. This is just one example, but a powerful example of how Jesus loved the people around him. So we're in Matthew 15, beginning with verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven and a few small fish. And so directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. Now, these people have been following Jesus for how long? Three days. They've been following Jesus for three days. So that means not only have they been actively listening to his teaching... Not only have they been watching his miracle, they have been 
following him every step where he's been going. So they've been taking every single step with them. So by now, they're out of food. Any food that maybe they packed in their little knapsack, gone. There's no Culver's, there's no Subway, there's no McDonald's for them to stop at to refuel. So he knows this. He knows that they've, they've run out of this food, and so what does he do? He loves them. He has compassion on them. And, and when you understand the, the Greek of this word, you understand this is not just some little bit of, of compassion. This is a gut-wrenching compassion. This is a, a gut-wrenching love that Jesus feels towards these people to meet this need for them. And so he creates this massive meal for 4,000 men, not including the women and children. He feeds them all and enough for leftovers. He meets their greatest need. He loves them right where they're at. And then he leaves. And he continues on with his ministry. He continues on with his ministry of loving people and teaching people. And this continues up all the way to when? The cross. Yet things get interesting along the way. Jesus continues to love the people, but uh, not all the love for him is reciprocal anymore. Some of those people uh, lose their magnetic pull towards Jesus. Why? Why is that? Well, well, we know Jesus says, you know, to the disciples, are you going to leave me too? Are you going to turn around and walk away? Jesus says hard things. Jesus teaches hard things. Jesus wants us to believe and put our faith in hard things. And so some people just can't handle it. And so they, so they, they walk away. And then we also got Paul's word to Timothy. We're going to go there. That, that first reading that we had today, that Grady read for us. I was Grady today. He's in Houston. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to look at these words closely as I, I, I read them. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. These things that, that Paul mentions here show us why people no longer become drawn into that powerful love of God. Those that were following Jesus when he was on this earth, they no longer heard his words as love. They no longer saw his actions as love for them. 
Because they were thinking this power that he had was going to be one for here on this earth, in Israel for them, restoring the kingdom to its, its right position, to its right power. And Paul's words today, they speak exactly to what we understand in our world today, in our nation, in our lives. People are not drawn to the love of Christ. Instead, we're, we're drawn to, to what is our God or to, to what is their God. All around us, people are drawn to be lovers of money, lovers of self. Lovers of, of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I mean, I don't even have to read all the words again that, that Paul lays out there. We know that people are so much like this today. It's all we see whenever we turn on the news or whenever we turn down the streets. People go from loving Jesus while he feeds them, to yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Today, people go from loving Jesus to allowing their family or their money or their jobs or their sports to become their gods, to become what they truly love. But here's the thing, whether it was Jesus back when people were yelling, crucify him, or for us today, this does not stop Jesus from loving them and from loving us. Jesus loved all of them, even the ones who spit on him. Even the dudes that took the shot and hit him in the face. Even the women who laughed. All those people who scorned him all the way to the cross. Jesus still loved them with his powerful love. And he said what? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's love. That, that's a love that draws us into his powerful arms. That's the love that Jesus spoke, not only for those people when he was on the cross, but that's the love that Jesus has spoken this day and every day for you. He speaks this love to you. So no matter what your past has been, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how other people view you, you are loved. You are loved so much that God died for you. That Jesus Christ died for all your sins. You see, God's love in Jesus Christ is that super strong magnet that just pulls you in closer and closer. It grabs your heart, and, and it doesn't want to let go. It won't let go. Where are my magnets at? Where do they go? There they are. It won't let go, right? Sure, we're like this. Sometimes we want to rebel. We want to repel against what this is, but we let it go. God's love by the power of the Holy Spirit every single time draws us back into Him. That's a good love. That's a great love. That's a love that never ends. That's a love that never fades. That's a love that never loses its 
Paul. And that's how Jesus loves you, me, and all those people that we don't know and we do know. His love is always bringing us in closer to him. Paul said in Romans 5, he said this, While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You can't hear it enough, right? So this is another good refresher. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. That's love. That's powerful love. That is magnetic love. You see, it started back in the very beginning because God's love has always been here. And if you look at Scripture, if you look at life, if you look at history, if you notice one thing throughout it all, is that this love of God has always been there. And that love of God has come to us in Jesus Christ. And that love of God in Christ Jesus comes to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's always drawing us in closer to Him. We may not want it, but that's what He's actively doing. What was the key to those magnets being pulled in? What was the key to me walking around with a big magnet at my house trying to find something to stick it to? They both had to be what? Magnetic. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. It's magnetic. It creates this faith in us. It it magnetizes our hearts, and it draws us ever closer into Jesus. The the, the faith we have, the love we have for Jesus, draws us closer to him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the great thing about this love. God attaches no strings to the love he has for you. He doesn't say, if you do this, then I will love you. He says, you better do this better. No, he doesn't say that. And then I'll love you. No, he, he, he loves you with no strings attached. And that love is for anyone. And it's for everyone. And you know it. You, 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 it's just ingrained into your mind whether you want it to be or not. This isn't a love that we keep for ourselves, right? From God through Christ to me and then where? Out to others. So we're going to go to one final section today. Just a very short one to help us understand this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15, says this. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died, and was raised. You see, when you love God the way that 
he loves us with that powerful, magnetic love, it should make you and me want to love other people in the same way. And we do this because he loved us. He loved us, friends, and he filled us up with this Holy Spirit. So when you love people like you love God, it turns the world upside down. It might just be one person, but guess what? That person's world has been turned upside down. And then that one person may go and love somebody, and their world will be upside down, right? And then what happens? It multiplies. It magnifies. When you and I love God and love people, by the work of his Holy Spirit, they too are drawn into his great love. In this world that talks about love, in this world that talks about all these things, this is truly the only most powerful and magnificent and magnetic love that matters. So as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we have to throw away the fakeness. Okay, no one else is. We have to throw away the fakeness and we actually have to love people where they're at. And when we love people with this magnetic love that draws us into Christ, guess what the Holy Spirit's going to do? Draw them into Christ as well. When we love in this way, they can see God. They can see that God is full of love, no matter their past, no matter their hurts, no matter their struggles. They'll see that God is the only one that is the source of all hope, the source of forgiveness. Friends, love is powerful. Love is magnetic. And God's love is powerfully magnetic. It's our turn. It's our chance. It's our opportunity to embrace it and share it and live it. For you guys know. You've seen it. The love of Christ draws people in like a magnet. It draws them into this, this world of love, peace, hope, and forgiveness. Uniquely created for them. Uniquely created for you. And distributed to all. It's my fr- prayer, friends, that as we head out again, refreshed in this summer truth, in this, this truth of Jesus Christ, that we bask in this love. That we feel its power pulling us into a love closer to Jesus Christ, into a love that will never end, but also pull us into this feeling of sharing that love with those that God brings us into contact with in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Friends, God's love for you is so powerful. Enjoy it. Bask in it. And share it until he comes back or he calls you home. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.